More than half of all students accepted into medical schools are women, but only a fraction of neurosurgeons are female. A new paper highlights these challenges and some realities to this problem. Welcome to ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Bruce Japson, the healthcare reporter with the Chicago Tribune, and joining me today is Dr. Gail Rousseau. Dr. Rousseau is Chief of Surgery at the Neurologic and Orthopedic Institute of Chicago and Director of Skull-Based Surgery Services at the Chicago Institute of Neurosurgery and Neuroresearch, also in Chicago. She is a member of the Department of Neurosurgery at Rush Medical College at the Rush University Medical Center in Chicago. She is a board certified and has been an examiner for the American Board of Neurological Surgery. Dr. Rousseau has won numerous awards and authored many papers, including co-authoring this article that appears in the September issue of the Journal of Neurosurgery on Workforce Challenges for Women in Neurosurgery. Dr. Gail Rousseau, welcome to ReachMD. Thank you, Bruce. Happy to be here. So tell us about this. I mean, your group sent uh, me this release, and, and I was stunned. I mean, I had an idea that there were not many women in neurosurgery, uh, but I was surprised that it was so few, given the trends uh, of more and more women going into medical school. Well, Bruce, you're absolutely right. And I think it was actually the Journal of Neurosurgery that sent this out. It's the first press release ever in the 60-plus year history of this premier medical journal. So it speaks to how important the editors feel the information is in this article. It's been called a compelling paper, and it certainly provides food for thought because it provides in its statistics and in its characterization of this high-tech profession, what it's like to be in a highly male or gender-specific profession, which is what neurosurgery has traditionally been and to a large extent continues to be. And why do you think this is? I mean, did the paper get at that at all as to why there are fewer? I mean, because let's face it, it's, it's 2008 and you would think that there would be more female neurosurgeons. Well, you're absolutely right. And there are some rather interesting statistics that this well-crafted study brings to light. As late as the 1990s, at least 30% of neurosurgical residency programs had never graduated a female resident. And yet in other areas, such as general surgery, there are many more residents who are women. So that there are a couple things that we looked at and brought to light in this paper. One is the challenges that face anyone going into a surgical discipline. It's the long working hours, the length of training is long, the risk of litigation and so forth. But neurosurgery in particular seems to not be attracting women into its ranks the way the surgical practice of obstetrics or the surgical practice of general surgery does. So we had to look beyond that. And in so doing, We've, I think, been able to characterize some of the barriers, and and what's the good news about all of this is that the leadership of the American Association of Neurological Surgeons is absolutely committed to making sure that the best and brightest of all medical students, be they male, female, pink or blue, black or white, are attracted to neurological surgery. So that's the good news in this paper. Could you tell me, actually, given your history, I mean, we've known each other for some time, tell me a little bit about you know, maybe why you went into neurosurgery and maybe there were some challenges even from your personal experiences and also if you could highlight that relative to the paper uh, that could, you know, maybe be overcome. Sure. Well, 
the reason why I chose it, and I think the reason why anyone would choose neurosurgery is because of the endless fascination we all have with the human nervous system and in particular with the brain. We all are fascinated by that. But another point to remember is that it will never be a haven for the timid, as our president, Jim Bean, writes in his editorial about this paper. It will, and I think we will always want it to be, a haven for people who are very serious about very high-tech precise work and are willing to commit long hours to learning how to do it right and safely. So we're certainly not looking to dumb down the profession or make it in any way easier to get into or to excel at. But what we want to do is convey the thrill of the specialty to young men and women, but increasingly the reality is that the best and the brightest students in medical school are women, and we want them to feel that this is a haven for those who are fascinated by the central nervous system. And could you tell us a little bit about some of the barriers that you found? Um, Because I think people would generally be surprised. I mean, it's a good profession. It's good. I mean, I know from being a healthcare business reporter that it has better reimbursement than some other areas of medicine. Um, Some of the barriers, too, that you found uh, for women in neurosurgery. Well, in doing a survey of women neurosurgeons, it became clear that there are gender inequities in regard to salaries, academic promotion, and achieving leadership positions within the specialty. But in recognizing that there are these barriers, it also suggested solutions that there needs to be a much more focus and uh, sort of a light shown on what salaries are, on the process for academic promotion. There needs to be more exposure of male and female medical students to neurosurgery and mentoring of those so that there's this special opportunity to ally oneself and relate to the mentor, which is really a very traditional way of achieving success in any profession, medicine just being one example. So some of the things that have been suggested as ways of meeting these challenges and getting beyond these barriers have been to introduce more students to neurosurgery in the curriculum. Many medical schools don't have that kind of exposure, so we're working hard at making that available. There's also a gender competency program that's being developed so that all of those, male or female, who ascend to the ranks of being leaders within organized neurosurgery, be they committee chairs or officers of the organization, will be expected to have had some training in gender competency so they can see the hidden problems. There really aren't overt barriers, but there are sometimes subtle barriers that do exist. We tend to call them errors of omission rather than commission. They're there, but they're subtle. Well, if you're just joining us, or even if you're new to our channel, you're listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Bruce Japson, the healthcare reporter with the Chicago Tribune, and my guest today is Dr. Gail Rousseau. She's the chief of surgery at the Neurologic and Orthopedic Institute of Chicago. She is one of the authors on a very interesting paper on women in neurosurgery, and actually it might even be called women who are not in neurosurgery because we're talking about the various challenges and realities in this workforce. And Dr. Rousseau, if you could, the healthcare system would seem to benefit by more women in neurosurgery, given the fact that there are 
the health needs of women. Well, I think you're exactly right. I mean, one tends to think of neurosurgery as being a very small slice of the medical field, but if you look at what we do all day, you'll realize it really isn't. We take care of all kinds of trauma. That's a huge slice of the American public. We take care of strokes. We take care of patients who have any kind of spinal pain. Think how many people you know who have neck pain or back pain. We take care of problems related to obesity, which gives you neck pain and back pain. And every problem associated with diabetes and hypertension, which are rampant in this country, can lead to stroke. So once you look at it that way, you recognize that although neurosurgery is a specialty and a surgical subspecialty, it also touches, because of those factors I just mentioned, a huge broad swath of the American public. And increasingly, women are interested in having like-gendered physicians. You may have noticed that pediatricians are very often women and that mothers and young children quite often prefer that. The same is true in OBGYN, so that it stands to reason that the public may just simply want to see more of a choice among their practitioners of neurosurgery. And we want to be able to respond to that. We also want to assure the future of the workforce. As we all get older, we all want to be sure that there are neurosurgeons to take care of us when we face those medical problems that are touched by neurosurgeons that I just mentioned. And at the end of the day, we're all patients. We want expertise and we want choice in our practitioners. And some people might be listening who might say, well, you know what, maybe the market would work itself out that if there are so few neurosurgeons and if I'm a a savvy hospital administrator, I would want to recruit a female neurosurgeon. Do you think that that's going on or do you think that will go on or have there been challenges as addressed in the paper? Well, that's a very good question. I think it certainly is something that, although it's, it's not happening a lot. I'm not aware of it, but yet there are patients in my personal practice that I've seen who have said, I'm coming to you because you're a woman, and they just simply feel more comfortable with that. And I I think in an era where we are talking a lot about preserving choice on every level in our healthcare decisions, we want to make sure that every kind of choice is available. But it's not so much to focus on whether women are better or worse than men. I mean, it's important to keep in mind that the changes that we're recommending in this paper are likely to benefit all neurosurgeons, irrespective of gender, and in so doing, ensure the viability of the profession and keeping enough neurosurgeons available to treat the population, as well as serving the needs of the individual young women whom we hope will choose the exciting field of neurosurgery for their life's work. Were there any identifiable programs out there that are doing a good job at this in recruiting female neurosurgeons? Well, I think the exciting thing about this paper is that, and what makes it so important and newsworthy, is that this is the first time this topic has really been addressed in neurosurgery. In neurological surgery, we tend to be uh, nose to the grindstone. As I said, it's uh, certainly not a haven for the timid, and the, the sheer volume of the work has kept everyone focused on advancing the frontiers of neuroscience. But along the way, we haven't thought a whole lot about how we are developing the specialty to keep pace with the changing nature of who are the medical students who will be populating our residency and our profession. So I think that's what's so important and interesting and even compelling about this paper is that it's the first time neurosurgery 
has published anything like this. And it's to the credit of the leadership of the organization now that they came to a group of senior women neurosurgeons and asked for a white paper on the topic and not only greeted its arrival with enthusiasm, but have really taken to heart the suggestions in it, made sure it was published in one of our premier journals, and are adopting the action plans that are outlined in the paper. Well, with that, I would like to thank Dr. Gail Rousseau, who has been our guest. She's the Chief of Surgery at the Neurologic and Orthopedic Institute of Chicago, and we've been talking about a very fascinating paper on women in neurosurgery. And if you would like to read this paper yourself, you can go online at www.aans.org. My name is Bruce Japson of the Chicago Tribune. I've been your host on the Clinician's Roundtable at ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. If you have comments or suggestions about today's show, please call us at 888-MD-XM157. And I'd like to thank you today for listening.